Well, praise the Lord. It is so good to be together with you all. I know we're not together in person, but I know that you're connecting with us online. And if you will, just take a minute to go ahead and comment below if you haven't done already. Let us know that you're here. We like to know that, uh, that we're reaching you and that, that you're connecting with us. Uh, it, just, it just makes me feel better if, if no other reason. Um, even if you're not a member of our church, go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know that you're, you're joining us this morning uh, or if you're watching us later. Uh, we just like to connect with you. Uh, so God is faithful. I just want to give you a little bit of an update on myself. You know, I, I had a stroke last week. Uh, it was a, what they call a small stroke, what they emphasize. Don't, don't pay too much attention to that word small because a stroke is a stroke. I had lost a lot of coordination in the left side of my body, but praise God, that's all returned. And the neurologist had told me that probably wouldn't happen. So God is, is so good and he has answered prayers. And uh, I, just, I just want to give him all the glory for that. I will praise him in the great congregation for all the goodness that he's done for me. Uh, but uh, I, I will tell you that I am, I am battling a bit of fatigue. I just don't have any oomph since uh, I've been in the hospital. I've kind of uh, I'm, I'm struggling in that area. So y'all pray for me. Um, so, I, But I'm trying to give myself some permission to, to take it easy. And as we've done some reading and we've talked to some people about, about the kind of stroke that I've had, it apparently this is rel relatively common. Um, so I know that God is faithful and that he will, you know, he will continue the healing, that he's not done. He doesn't do anything halfway. So I'm just looking forward to the day when I'll be at, at full steam ahead again. And, and maybe this is his way of telling me I need to slow it down a little bit. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but we're praying about it, and I just I, I covet your prayers as well. Um, so anyway, in the interest of, of giving myself a little bit of time to recuperate, we're going to have a, a, another speaker this morning. And I don't want to call him a guest speaker because there's nothing guest about this guy. He's, uh, he's our pastor, and uh, he is my dad, and we love him. And, um, you know, he ministered in this church in the pulpit for many, many, many years, built it from the ground up by the grace and the help of God. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here had it not been for the sacrifice of, of Terry and Jan Rogers and, and the Holy Spirit working through them to move and upon people to, to build this wonderful, wonderful family that we've got. So I looked in the archives and I went back 20 years ago to the first Sunday in May. This is the first Sunday in May of 2020. And I found a message from the first Sunday in May of 2000. So 20 years ago. And it was just... I want to say providence because uh, that's what, just where the Lord said. He said, go 20 years ago. That's what I felt in my spirit, and so I did. And it is a, you know, we've been talking about disruptive grace for a while and how it radically changes lives. And so this message is a message from Pastor Terry from 20 years ago titled, uh, Do Not Be Deceived. And wow, you know, I think it ties right into what we've been talking about because a, a life that has been disrupted by grace has radically changed. And Satan would have you think, he wants you to believe that the world has something better to offer than this radically different life that is disrupted by grace. And so I pray that you are blessed by this message from 20 years ago, still relevant today. And thank you, Pastor Terry, and thank you, Jesus, for your holy word. How many of you in here have ever been deceived? How many of you honestly say that you've been deceived? I believe all of us at one time or another have been tricked. We've been deceived in one form or fashion or the other. And I'm going I'm to tell you before I even read our text this morning, I know you know where we're going to go. But the enemy, the devil, the liar, the thief 
has kept so many things from the children of God because of deception. Amen? God said in His Word that He sent His Word and healed our diseases. I mean, no, that's true. He said He wished above all things that we'd prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Amen? I mean, no, the Bible says, Given to be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to cause men to give unto your bosom. And that's promises of God. And enemy comes to you and he says, Oh, I said, you can't be well. You can't, you can't pray to God when you get sick. Or he comes to you and he said, You don't need to turn your finances over to God. You can't trust Him. And He has placed that little, that little word of doubt in our lives to where the devil has deceived us or caused us to believe a lie. And therefore, we as children of God have been robbed from the blessing of God because we've believed the lie rather than believing the Word of God. And I'm going to share that with you this morning out of Genesis chapter 3. And let's look at verse 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle. That word subtle means he was uh, almost unnoticeable. He's very cunning. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how the devil will come to you and he'll tell you a half a truth or he'll tell part of the truth to you and he will, he will cause you to believe that the devil is, is, is subtle. He's almost unnoticeable. You really don't realize deception when it begins to take place. You ever bought a car from someone who told you, oh man, this car is a wonderful car. It's one owner driven by a little old lady just drove it two blocks to the store and it had 335,000 miles on it and were completely out. But the car looks so good. They've got this way that they can take them and make them look just great. And you just think, oh, it's a wonderful car. And you crank it up and you drive it a while and it clatters and rattles. And I remember when I was a, a young man, they used to put sawdust in the rear end so the rear ends wouldn't howl and whine when you bought an old. All kinds of deceptive ways. The devil is that way. He'll come to you and he'll paint a pretty picture of something that's ugly, something that'll cause you problems because he's almost unnoticeable. Now the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you shall die. Now he said, Neither shall you eat it, and neither shall you touch it, lest you shall die. The Bible tells us to abstain from the very appearance of evil. The Bible tells us not to give place to the devil. Amen? He tells us that in his word. He said, Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, let me stop right there just a minute. Who created Adam? God. Where did Eve come from? God opened him up, took, a, took flesh of his flesh and ball of his bone, took that rib and he made Eve. Now they were already made in the express image of God. Now listen to what the devil said. He said that if you shall eat of this tree, your eyes will be opened and you shall be as gods. Let me tell you something. They were already as gods because they were created in God's image and in His likeness. And so they were already just exactly like God. We are God's kids. Your children look like you. Your children take on your nature. Your children are just the same as you are. Amen? They said, you know, 
If, if you do this fruit, God knows that if you do this fruit, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be just like God's. That's the way the devil comes. He comes to you and he tries to make you believe like they were already like God. Amen? And you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw... Now, I want you to, I want you to pay attention to this. Now, I'm not going to condemn women. Okay, I'm not going to throw a bunch of rocks at women. The woman was deceived because she gave ear to him. Men have been deceived by giving ear to the devil. It still happened today. The devil is no respecter of persons. He'll deceive a man, he'll deceive a woman, he'll deceive a child just as quick as he will anybody. He is the master of deception. And when the woman saw, she began, she began to look at that fruit. And when she saw that the tree was good for food, God didn't say that tree was not good for food. He just said, do not eat of it. Amen. Probably wonderful. Everything God does is wonderful. And the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Now, let me, let me throw something in here. Over in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and, and 16 and 17, it tells about the things that's in the world. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. She began to look at that fruit on that tree. She saw, man, that tree has got some wonderful food. That, that food just looks good. And she began, to, she began to look at that. She began to behold it with her eyes. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The longer she looked at that fruit, the longer and the more her flesh desired to have it. Amen? Amen. Have you ever just thought about something long enough or looked at something long enough and you, you just had to go get one. You, you drive down that road and they got that Coca-Cola sign on that billboard and it's got those little chunks of ice drawn. I don't know how they can draw those things and make them look so cold. <laughs> Amen. And, the, and the, it just looks like the, the condensation is just running down that can and you can just almost taste it and the, and the farther down the road you get you say, man, I, I'll be glad that I get to a store. I can't wait till we get that next stop because i got to handle on them Coca-Colas. Why? That, that picture is put on that billboard to plant something in your mind that will whet some appetite that you have in your body that will cause you to desire that when you see that next door, you're going to stop and get what's there. That's the way it works. You go to that movie theater, they got that popcorn cooking, they got that stuff going through the vents. You sit up there and you're about to starve to death. You just left Brahms or you've just left... Some restaurant, you're full, you can't hold a while. But you sit down at the movie theater, and here comes that buttered popcorn, and what have you got to do? You've got to go get some of that popcorn, don't you? Because it smells so good. Amen? See, that is your flesh lying to you through the senses that God gave us. Amen? It says all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Now, something else happened here. He said to her, look what he said. Or she saw, she saw that the, the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to look on and she desired, and it treated to be desired to make one wise. The longer she looked at it, began to lust after it, then that desire came in her and, and, and what happened? The pride in her says, I've got to have some of that. I'm not going to deprive myself from having that. Amen? So your flesh lies to you. Your flesh ever lie to you? Mine does to me all the time. Amen. 
So that's what's in the world. These things begin to operate in her life. She began to, she began to meditate on what was there. She began to concentrate on what was there. She began to lust after and long after what was in it, on that tree. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took the fruit thereof and she did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Now she was the one that was deceived. Amen. But the husband yielded to the wife. He said, what do you mean she was the one deceived? Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 14. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived in, was in the transgression. Now, she was the one that deceived. Now, that's, that's not pointing all the blame to her. The man was to blame because he yielded to what the woman said to him. Amen? Any men ever yield to what your women say to you? We do, don't we? Shake your head and act spiritual for just a moment. We do. We yield to what they say. Why? They're our helpmate. See, God didn't take him out of, take her out of his brain to rule over him. Did y'all know that? No, out of his foot that he could tromp on her. But out of his side so they could be a helpmate together. They were partners in crime. Amen. She could have not took the fruit. He could have, he could have said no, but they were in this thing together. So because of the sin that's in the world, you can't just blame one person or the other. What we have to do is blame ourselves for what we do. God said that he's going, he, he has created us in his likeness, in his own image, and we should therefore go forth acting like him to give him praise. And who has told us that we're not like God? The enemy has. He said, surely you can't do this and surely you can't do that. You need to read this Bible and it tells you what you can and can't do and the enemy will come in so sub to you and he'll tell you that you can't do anything. Amen? It's like, it's like your boss comes to you and said, I'd like to do this job now. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Why? Well, I've never done it before. Well, he's giving you an opportunity. Amen? I'm, I'm, this is the way I believe. Now, let's leave out brain surgery, okay? We're not going to go to that. But I believe, given proper instruction, that I can do just about anything anybody else can. Let's leave out some instruments, okay? But I'm talking about just in the natural realm. Amen? I believe it's driving a truck. You show me how to do it, I can drive it. I believe it's driving a bulldozer, I can drive it. I believe it's driving a big truck. Give me the proper instructions, I can do it. Dig a ditch, run a backhoe, Amen? Give me enough instruction and I'll get through one of them fangled computers, you know, if you can show me how to get into it. Enough instruction, you can do it, amen? I believe I'm capable of doing anything that anybody else is, don't you? But the enemy will come to you and say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't be victorious, your marriage is going to be a wreck, your kids are going to be ignorant and stupid. Anybody ever tell you that? Anybody ever do that way? Driving around that car goes, click, 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 oh. They can throw a rod. Where'd that come from, dummy? Could be a stick up in your fan. Could be anything. But we always expect the worst. Amen. We're driving down the road and come to church one morning. We lived out at, out at West Post Oak, way up in the country. Driving down the road, and all of a sudden, my truck, wham, wham. Well, what is it? Somebody had dropped a piece of, of, of chicken wire, a four-foot piece of chicken wire in the road, and it, my tire picked up and threw it and got hung around my drive shaft. It sounded like every rod is about to come. Oh, no, what is it? 
I expected the worst. Well, because enemy said, ah, it's going to tear it up and you can't fix it. Amen. I got it. It's that chicken wire. I just unhooked it. Amen. I didn't throw it back down. Anybody else do the same thing? But the enemy comes here and wants you to think the worst. And the enemy says, it's broken. You can't fix it. That's what he tells us about our lives. Your life is broke. And you can't fix it. But I'm going to tell you, my God can. Who has told me that my, that my children are going to be stupid? Who has told me that my kids are not going to be successful? How, and why did I listen? Amen. Because we're flesh and because we're bone. And he did eat with her. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made them aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord uh, 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 against the trees in the garden. Now, let me tell you something right here. You cannot hide from God. No matter how big of a piece of stupid you do, you still can't hide from God. Now, how did they know they were naked? Who told them? That's what he's going to ask them in a minute. Who told you that you were naked? Did nobody have to tell them that disobedience caused separation? You know that? Disobedience caused separation. They were clothed with the glory of God. They were protected. God had given them everything that they needed. Everything that their hearts desired, except that tree in the middle, everything that they needed was there. They did not need clothes because they were pure and innocent and guiltless. But because of transgression, because of disobedience, the glory of God had left them. When, when God came down to the garden that day in the cool, they hollered, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. Amen. He was asking Adam, what, what's happened to our relationship, Adam? What has happened to us? What has separated me from you? And it's transgression, it's sin, it's disobedience. Amen. They, when, when they ate that fruit, the, you know, the, the devil said, has he said that you're surely going to die? They didn't die a physical death when they ate that fruit, but there was a spiritual death because there was separation from God. And he hid themselves. And God said, what's happened to our relationship? He didn't even say what is your geographical location? He said, what has happened to our relationship? What's happened to us? Amen. That word presence, they hid themselves in the presence of God. That word presence comes from the word panaya. And that word panaya means the face. They hid themselves from the face of God. They didn't want to look God in the eyes. Has your children ever done something wrong? And you say, look at me and tell me what you've done. Because it's hard to look somebody in the face once you've done something to them. They did not want to behold the face of God because it got outside of God's law. Amen. It got outside of that plan. They couldn't stand to see His face. You cannot hide from God. The Bible says, be ye sure your sins will find you out. So the best thing you can do when you sin is get it out of the blood. Amen. Father, I blew it. I'm sorry. I did something terrible. I ask you to forgive me. And once he forgives you, now not sorry that you're caught. There's a lot of people call repentance. Sorry they got caught. Amen. 
Sorry you got caught means, oops. And when you turn your back, they're going to do it again. Repentance means to turn from. That means to, to not do that anymore. Amen. But you can't hide from God. And God knows what you've done and what you hadn't done. And He knows what your strength and your weakness are. That's why God gave us this word. What, in, in essence, what the devil was trying to tell Eve is God is not... God is not big enough. God is not good enough. God has not got enough stuff that He can take care of you all your life. So if you'll eat that fruit, you'll be just like Him. How many know that God is able? Amen. How many know that the Bible says that the, the ear of the Lord is not deaf, that He can't hear? How many know that the Bible says the arm of the Lord is not short, that He can't save? You know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of those that's hearts pure before Him. God wants to prove Himself to you. He wants to be a God to you. He wants to supply everything that you need. And the devil sat back saying, Oh no, you can't do that. Well, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the devil or are you going to listen to the Word of God? The Bible said the Word of God is true, it's pure. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but this Word shall not pass says all this world and all the things in it are going to melt one day with fervent heat, but yet this word is going to withstand? My votes trust God. My vote is for my confidence and my loyalty to be in God, not by what I see with my eyes, not with what I hear with my ears, not with what I smell with my nose or what I taste with my mouth or touch with my fingers. My confidence is going to be in God. I said all things are upheld by the power of His word not by what I can think or what I can imagine. And who has told me that I can't be successful in God? The enemy's the one that tells me. He's the one that comes and says, you can't do this or you can't do that. And we feel and say, well, I guess I just can't. And you know what happens when you start believing it? You can't. Amen. The Bible says, as a man believeth in his heart, so is that man. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is that man. If I, I can think myself sick or I can think myself well, I can think myself happy or I can think myself sad. You know, you can get in the corner and you can start counting all the things that's wrong and you can get yourself in a state of depression. You can sing that song, Whoa, despair and agony on me. Amen. We can live in that kind of a mentality or we can get the right thinking. The Bible said whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are a good report, think on these things. The devil will come to you and try to alter your thinking to give him ear to listen to what he's saying to try to separate you from God. That's exactly what he wants to do. See, that's his job. You know what? He's doing a better job than we are. There's a whole lot more out of church this morning than there is in church. Amen. Keep you out of the house of God to keep you from hearing the Word of God, to keep you from believing the Word of God so that you can live under the devil's foot the remainder of your life, so that he can always have his foot on the back of your neck smashing you and squeezing you for everything that you've got. And God's trying to bless you, and here we are giving it to him faster than we can take it in. Why? Because we're not listening to God. Because we're giving ear. We're listening to what the enemy says. Amen. My Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And the devil says, oh, no, you can't. Feel like twitching your back? Oh, yeah, I do. You ever done you that way? 
I like what David I mean, what Paul said. I think myself happy. You know, you can think yourself right into a nursing home. You can think yourself right into a, a psychiatric ward. Or you can start giving praise and glory to God and hang around people that's full of power and the Holy Ghost and, and give praise to God. And you can change your thinking. You can change your world by who you're around. You change your world by who you listen to. Inside of us is a black dog and a white dog. The one being evil, one being good. Whichever one you feed is going to be the strongest. I just can't, I just can't understand why I just can't be powerful. And look at the junk that goes inside of us. And we wonder why we're powerless. The devil says, you cannot trust God. So the Lord God, verse 9, called Adam and said to him, Where art thou? I'd like that and told you. He knew where Adam was. See, Adam had all authority and power in that garden. He was God's direct representative authority in that garden. You know what he could have done? He could have went up on that tree and said, Serpent, get out of his garden. He would have had to win because he had absolute authority. If you read Genesis, he gave man dominion. Amen. Over that other, he's, let me flip over there, let me show you this. Look back at chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, and also after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That means complete authority. Let them have dominion over the fish of sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over all the creeps. All the creeping things that creep upon earth. And God created him man in his own image. And in the image of God created him male and female. And God blessed him. But he gave them complete authority and dominion. But what the happens? They let him stay in there. And they let him tempt her. And every time she'd go by that tree, it's... Pssst. I don't know if that's what he said. But if his snake is a cone feathers. And look at this fruit. On this tree. It looks so good. That's what he does. He entices you. But Adam had authority. If he'd have just cast him out. But see, sometimes it's subtle. He's almost unnoticeable. But every time she went by that tree, he was there to entice her. Just like your children. Just like when you cross that river, that little, that little station there, says all the is on it, it's there to entice. Amen. What's all it? You know, sometimes we, wonder, we tell our kids, don't do this. You know what that's doing? It's saying, hmm, wonder why they don't want to do that. If you don't explain why, they're going to find out why. Amen. See, God explained, because of the day that you eat it, you're going to die. And there was a spiritual death. Whose voice are we listening to? Who are we paying attention to? Amen. What, what voice is summoning us? What, what voice is calling us? What, what voice is driving us? See, I can be all that I want to be in Christ. Or I can be all that the devil will have me to be in the world. And then once he's caused, separated me from God, you know what he wants to do to me once he's separated me from God? He wants to kill me. But see, we're either in Christ or we're out of Christ. We're either for Christ or we're against Christ. Because we say, well, I hadn't made my choice yet. But choosing, by not choosing, you've chosen not to accept Christ. Because you're either good or you're evil. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either in or you're out. And what voice is it that drives us? What leads us? 
Who, he said, who told you he is naked? Nobody had to tell them. They knew it because of that separation of sin. Do you know when you've done something wrong? That spirit says, oh, no. And we say, oh, when you get it right. Because when you start listening to the voice of God, because God wants to lead us in righteousness and the devil wants to lead us away from God. Amen. Sin separated. And he said, I heard the voice in the garden and I was afraid. Why was he afraid? He was sick at his stomach, folks. I'm going to tell you. You ever done something so bad that when you heard your mama calling, you just wanted to throw up? Your whole body was just sick because of what you had done. He said, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee thou should not eat? And the man said, who do you blame? Everybody says he blamed the woman, but didn't he blame God? Listen here. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest. You gave her to me, God, and she caused me to do this. He was blaming God for what God gave. What God gives you is wonderful. How we use it and what we do with it. Amen. Makes the difference. Woman that gave to me. She gave to me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. If there's something that separates you from God and you know it does, don't go that way anymore. If you drive by something that tempts you every day, choose another route. If there's some person that just, that just tempts you every day, don't be around that person. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the beer joints, dummy. That's what's there. We, just, we, just, we, need to, we need to listen to God. We need to pay attention to what He tells us. Who are we listening to? Who told you that you couldn't be a Christian? Who told you that you couldn't live a Christian life? Well, Brother Terry, I don't know anybody that's perfect. And you want me to expect me to be perfect? I ain't been nobody ever perfect but Jesus. I don't expect perfection out of you. We're working toward perfection. When that which is perfect is come, when Jesus comes back for us, when we're caught up out of this thing, then we'll be perfected. But until then... We're all in the same boat, trying to make it, trying to defeat that enemy, trying to, to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus, trying not to be caught up in the temptations of this world, but trying to make it to that other side. Amen? Sure, we're going to fall. You know what happens to Christians? Christians are the only army that ever, that, 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 that kill the wounded. A Christian falls, ah, I knew he couldn't make it. Let me tell you something, folks, we all fall. We all come short. Quit beating yourself to death. Quit beating others and get back on the right track. We're not perfect. We're forgiven. And we need to remember that. Father, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for the power that's in your word. I thank you for the strength that you've given us to, 
to convey this message this morning, God. I know it's not a pleasant message to hear, but God, we need to realize, Lord, that the enemy is tempting us. He's trying us. He's luring us. He's trying to get us to do all things to try to quit following you, God. He's trying to separate us from you, from your peace, from your strength, and from your abundant supply. Father, we ask you this morning that you'd put a guard upon our heart, Lord, that you'd touch our hearts, minds, and soul, and Father, that you'd strengthen us by the power of that enemy, and God, cause us to, to rise up and realize who we are in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this this morning. I pray that you'd be the ever person that's here. God, minister their need. In Jesus' name, amen.